ओन्नो मित्रुण शोत्र बृहस्पति शो विष्णुक्रम नमो ब्रह्मणे नमस्ते वायो वायमेव प्रत्यक्ष ब्रह्मसी प्रत्यक्ष ब्रह्म वदिष्यामि सत्यं वदिष्यामि तन्मामवदु तद्वक्तारमवदु मां अवतु वक्तारम ओम शांति 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 ओम सहनावदु सहनो भुनक्तु सह वीर्यंकवाहै तेजस्वीनावधीतमस्तु मेद्वहै ओ शाति 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 ओ यदसृषभ विश्व छंदोभ्योध्यमृतासंबूव समेन्द्र मेधयाणारण भूयासम शरीर मे विचर्षण जिह्वा मे मधुमत्तमा कर्णाभ्यां भूरी विश्रुव ब्रह्मण कोशोसी मेधया पीद श्रुत मे गोपाय ओ शाति 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 ओ अहम वृक्ष कीर्ति पृष्ठंगिरेव ऊर्धपवित्रोवाजिनीवस्वृतमस्मे द्रविण गुंसवर्चस सुमेधाक्षिशंखोर्वेदाचनम शाति 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 पूर्णमदूर्णमद पूर्णमुदच्यते पूर्णस्य पूर्णमादाय पूर्णमेवशिष्य ओ शाति 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 श्रुतिस्मृतिपुरा आलयंकुणाल नमा भगवत्दशंकोकशंकराचार्य केशव बादरायण सूत्रभाष्यकृत वंदे पंतपुनःश्वरो गुरुरात्मे मूर्तिद विभागिने व्योमद्याप्तहाय दक्षिणामूर्त नम अखंडम सच्चिदानंदम अखंडम सच्चिदानंदम अवांगमनसगोचरम अवांगमनसगोचरम आत्मखिलाधारम आत्मखिलाधारम आश्रिए सिद्ध आश्रिए सिद्ध अर्थतोप्यदयानंदनंदनंदनंदनंदनंदनंदनंदनंदनंदनंदनंदनंदनंदनंदनंदनंदनंदनंदनंदनंदनंदनंदनंदनंदनंदनंदनंदनंदनं
Shravanam, Mananam and Nididhyasanam. This is the means for knowledge. As we said, Shravanam, listening, which amounts to vichara or inquiry, that is the main, primary means for knowledge. And Mananam and Nididhyasanam are the aids to Shravanam. To complete the work of Shravanam, the purpose is Mananam and Nididhyasanam. As we said, there are basically threefold obstacles to knowledge. One is ignorance, other is the doubts and vagueness, and third is the viparita buddhi or habitual error. And this obstacle called the ignorance is removed by shravanam, which is vichara, and the obstacle called the doubt is removed by mananam, which primarily involves application of reasoning. That I see the truth all right, but with the reasoning I confirm that is that is the truth and whatever doubts may arise because our practical experience is different. What Vedanta reveals is the truth which is one, the self that is limitless and my experience says something quite different. I experience duality, diversity everywhere. There is a sense of limitation that I experience. So experience seems to contradict what Upanishad reveals. That is why so many doubts are there. Why there are doubts is because our experience is quite different from what the, the scriptures reveal. And whatever we experience, whatever we perceive is what we have been taking to be true. And therefore, how can it be? How can I be limitless? I am limited in every way. How is it ever possible that I, the unlimited being, is limitless? How can I be? How can there be identity between Jiva and Brahma? Brahma is limitless, omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent, and I am limited in every way. How can the how can I be identical to Brahman? Now these doubts arise. And many other doubts. Why is there creation? <coughs> if Brahman is one without a second and complete, why should there be any creation? Why should Brahman enter and become Jiva? Why should all these things be there? Many of these questions keep on arising and only when these questions are satisfactorily resolved, then only whatever Upanishad reveals will settle down. Otherwise it will not settle down. So we can, cannot get abidance in this knowledge unless all the doubts are removed. And we cannot get abidance in knowledge unless the habitual error, the what we call the, the pramada, the inadvertence, meaning uh, lack of alertness, and therefore a habitual identification with my old notions, or habitual identifications with my notions of the body, etc., so those habitual identifications surface and they also become an obstacle in abidance of the knowledge. As we were discussing last night, the knowledge, as it will be also discussed here, is something that is spontaneous, something that is effortless. How there is the knowledge right now that I am a human being? No, effortless knowledge. That I am an ego, uh, that's, that's the knowledge in which I abide. And so abiding should become this knowledge. Yasadehoham Manushyoham. Just as I am the body, I'm a man, I'm a Brahmana. How effortless that knowledge is. So effortless it becomes Naham Deha, Naham Manushyaha, Naham Shudraha. I am not the body, I am not a human being in that sense. I is not human being, I is not the body. Asangoham, Satchidanandoham, I am Asangaha, I am unconnected. I am free, Satchidanandaha. When that knowledge becomes as abiding as today's knowledge is that I am body, that is what we call abiding knowledge. And that is a means for moksha. If that knowledge not become abidance, well, then there are some obstacles which have to be removed. As you said, obstacles are the nature of agnanam, avaranam, agnanam, ignorance, samshaya, the doubts, and viparya, the habitual error. <coughs> Sometimes pramana sambhavana, prameya sambhavana. Sometimes it is expressed the tasks of shravanam, manam, niridhyasanam are also expressed in this way. The shravanam eliminates any doubts about pramana. Pramana means what, whether Upanishad, what is the subject matter of Upanishad? 
What is it, the vision of Upanishad? There the doubts may be, and Sharvanam eliminates the doubt. That Upanishad reveals Brahman, which is Ekameva Dvitiyam, one without second. And Mananam then raises the doubt about Prameya. How can the self be Brahma? Prameya means object to be known. And Mananam reasoning eliminates those doubts. And then Nididhyasanam eliminates what we call Devipareeta Bhavana. So alertness. Nididhyasanam primarily means alertness. Whatever habitual things are there, whatever impulses are there, again and again take over me and alertly I retain this knowledge so that effort is required in Nididhyasanam. Therefore it is called meditation which requires an effort. And when that effort also is not required, then what? Next is what they call Samadhi, the abiding knowledge. When these obstacles are gone, or as the obstacles are going away, the knowledge becomes abiding knowledge. And when the knowledge becomes abiding, effortless, that is called Samadhi. And the next section discusses this Samadhi on the page 109, passage 193. <coughs> Samadhir Dvidha Samadhir Dvidha Savikalpakaha Nirvikalpakascheti Nirvikalpakascheti Samadhi is translated here as absorption. Well, whatever you translate, let us say Samadhi means abidance. Samadhi means an effortless abidance. Call it that way. An effortless abidance in the knowledge. <coughs> What Bhagavad Gita says, Sthita Pragna. Therefore, Arjuna's question is, Sthita Pragna Sthika Bhasha Samadhisthasya Keshava. O Lord, what is the description of a Sthita Pragna, one who has an abiding knowledge? Samadhisthasya Keshava, the one who is in Samadhi. So, Samadhi is abiding knowledge. <coughs> and therefore, one is in Samadhi, whether the wise man is in Samadhi, the one who fully abides in the knowledge, with all the obstacles removed, is in Samadhi whether he is with himself or whether he is with the world. Dehabhimane galide vidnyate paramatmani yatra yatra manoyade tatra tatra samadhe Dehabhimane galide When abhimanam or identification of the body is galitam, is completely melted away, meaning is gone, Vijnate Paramatmani, and when Paramatma, the true self is known. Yatra Yatra Manoyadi, Tatra Tatra Samadhaya. Wherever the mind goes, that is where the Samadhi is. Therefore, Samadhi need not be associated with the state of the body. Or Samadhi need not be associated even with the state of mind here. Samadhi is an abiding knowledge. <coughs> Even though certain practices are required which have to deal with the mind, and therefore Samadhi in the Yoga Shastra is a state of mind. But here in Vedanta, however, Samadhi will be the abidance of the knowledge. Since in as much as in the Yoga Shastra there are two realities, Purusha and Prakriti, and therefore they believe that the mind itself is an obstacle, and therefore, chitta vritti nirodha, they want to stop the mind. Here, however, we do not consider mind as an obstacle to the knowledge, because mind also is mithya. So when purusha and prakriti, the spirit and matter are two different realities, then the prakriti or the matter becomes an obstacle. You have to remove it, eliminate that. The presence of prakriti or the presence of the mind would be an obstacle. However, Purusha and Prakriti are not two separate realities. What we call Prakriti or matter, which is mind, which also is part of Prakriti, is Mithya, meaning unreal. And therefore, whether the mind is or is not, the self ever shines. And to know this, the self is Nitya. Nitya means ever shining, ever existent or ever present, regardless of whether the mind is or not regardless of whether the world is or not. So world is, I am. World is not, I am. Because I cannot be denied or negated regardless of whether mind and the world is or is not. 
And so, samadhi in Vedanta means an abidance in knowledge. However, to gain that abidance definitely requires lots of spiritual practices which deal with the mind. And that will be subsequently described. But here, this samadhi or abiding knowledge is dvidaha, is twofold or of two kinds, savikalpakaha, nirvikalpakaha. Savikalpakaha. Vikalpena sahavardade, idi savikalpaha. Vikalpa. Vikalpa is vividhikalpa. Kalpa means kalpana. So when the mind is doing kalpana, when the mind is still projecting, it is a mind that projects the duality between the subject and the object. In every experience there is this, what we call the triad, the three factors, the knower, the known and the knowledge. These three factors are there. All these three are in fact projected by the mind. That is called vikalpa. So this is called vikalpa. Vikalpa means a kalpa or a projection or a duality. The knower, the known and the knowledge. This is called vikalpa. Savikalpa means that which obtains with vikalpa. That which obtains with this duality or this triad of the knower, known and knowledge. That is called savikalpa. And nirvikalpa, even that vikalpa, even that duality final of the knower, known and knowledge is not there, that would be called nirvikalpa. <coughs> Therefore we should say that savikalpa and nirvikalpa, both of them have to do with the mind and not with the self. Self is always nirvikalpa. If you understand by nirvikalpa, non-dual. Savikalpa means dual. So self is always nirvikalpa. It is ever one, ever non-dual. And therefore, when they classify the samadhi as savikalpa and nirvikalpa, and Yoga Shastra gives other names, sampragnyata, asampragnyata. All of these are to be understood as states of mind, not states of the self. That atma is savikalpa, or atma is nirvikalpa, no. Self is ever nirvikalpa. And to know the self as nirvikalpa is knowledge. However, where in that knowledge, when that knowledge involves a duality, I mean involves the presence of these factors, not duality, the knowledge of the nirvikalpa or knowledge of the non-dual involves the presence of this triad, of the knower, known and knowledge, then it is called savikalpa samadhi. And when that knowledge is devoid of even that presence of the triad, of the knower, known and knowledge, then that samadhi is called nirvikalpa. So understand samadhi is a state of mind not the state of the self, or the state of consciousness. If you consider our mind as consciousness, then it can be called the state of consciousness. But then, in the manner and in the, the uh, meaning in which we use the word consciousness, is the self. And therefore there are no states in consciousness, so samadhi is therefore the state of mind. And that are true, savikalpa and nirvikalpa, where there is the presence of these three factors, the knower known in knowledge and that in which there is savikalpa and that in which these factors are not there that is called nirvikalpa. <coughs> and now the characteristics of those two are explained subsequently says the passage 194 Tatra Savikalpako nama Gnatri Gnanadi Vikalpalaya Anapekshaya Advitiya Vastuni Tadakara Akaritayaha Chittavrtehe Avasthanam Tatra Tayoho Madhye Now between the two Savikalpaka and Nirvikalpaka Savikalpako Nama What is known as Savikalpaka Samadhi <coughs> Here is absorption attended with self-consciousness Alright So Vikalpa Samadhi is absorption attended, attended with 
self-consciousness meaning attended with the presence of these three factors and nowhere known in the knowledge. <clears throat> so those factors are not yet dissolved, meaning they are not disappeared, they are still there. And that is the samadhi that we are seeking by the way. So in Vedanta, most important is this savikalpaka samadhi, that's the jnana samadhi. The samadhi of a state of mind when the knowledge takes place. So one should know that one is Brahman. So that state, that mind, which is what we call Jnana Vritti, or the mode of mind which reveals the nature of the self, so that is called Jnana Samadhi. So merely presence of these three factors or a mere state of mind is not what we call Samadhi, but here Samadhi will be, Savikalpaka Samadhi will be that state of mind which reveals the knowledge of the nature of the self. So when I see myself that I am limitless, I am pure, I am free. That I is true and the non-I is, is un, unreal. And therefore the I is one without a second. I is the self of all. When I see that fact, that will be called Gnanam. And when that Vritti, Jnana Vritti remains for a period of time, that will be called Samadhi. So when that Gnana Vritti occurs in Shravanam, and that Jnanavati is released from its doubts and vagueness in Mananam. And there is an attempt to retain that Jnanavati in what we call Nididnihasaram. And as a result of that effort of retaining that Jnanavati, by again and again withdrawing our mind from its preoccupations and focusing the mind on this Jnanavati, on this vision that I am Brahma, Advitiyoham, Nirvikalvakoham. As a result of that attempt, that Gnanavati stays for a period of time. And ultimately, when it remains without an effort, then that is called Samadhi. So as long as an effort is involved in, in focusing the mind, or in retaining the Vritti, so long we call it Dhyanam, or meditation. And when that effort also goes away, then we call that is called Samadhi, Absorption. So, the, between Nididhyasanam and Samadhi, the only difference is, Nididhyasanam or meditation is, involves an effort, and Samadhi does not involve an effort. <coughs> so that state, where the effort is not involved, but still, there is the awareness of this, the knower, the known and the knowledge, that awareness is there, that is called Savikalvaka Samadhi, and when that awareness also is not there, meaning the mind, the awareness of the knower, the known, etc. also is not there, that is called Nirvikalpaka Samadhi. <coughs> and that is being said, Tatra Savikalpaka Nama Jnatra Jnanadi Vikalpalaya Anapekshaya So, love means merging. Vikalpa is this duality, or these three factors. Jnatra, Jnana, the Vikalpa. So where the Vikalpa, all this duality of the nature of Jnatra, Jnana, the knower, the known, the knowledge. As we said in every experience, these three factors are always involved. The subject, the object, and the experience. The knower, the known, and the knowledge. So Jnatra, Jnana, the Vikalpa. This Vikalpa, or this duality, of the nature of the knower, known and the knowledge, laya, that it does not laya anapekshaya, without the merger of this duality. So there is an awareness that I am the knower. There is an awareness that this is the known. And there is awareness that I know this. So I know that I am Brahma. There the, still the awareness of the knower is there. And that I know that awareness also is there. This state which however is there without an effort, is called Savikalpaka Samadhi. Advitiya vastuni tadakara karitayaha chitta vruttehi avasthanam. Where the chitta vrutti, chitta vrutti means the jnana vrutti or the mode of the mind. And what's the nature of that mind? Tadakarita karitayaha. That Jnana Vritti, which is also of the same form as Brahma, I am Brahma, and Jnana Vritti is of the same form, meaning the, the Jnana Vritti or the more of the mind that reveals that fact. 
So when that vritti or when that knowledge abides in Brahma, in Advitiyavastu, and there is awareness that I am the knower, however, that thought or the mind abides in Brahma. That is called the Savikalpaka Samadhi. <coughs> so expressions or words are, you know, in order to express or in order to explain this, these terms are there. So, Advitiyavastuni Chittavruttehe Avasthanam. Avasthanam is the abidance of the mind. Chittavruttehe of the mind. So, Chittavruttehe of the mental state, of, of the mental state, abidance, tadakara karitayaha. When that mind has of the same form as the object of knowledge, namely Brahma, so when that mind abides in Brahma, with a slight awareness that I am the knower and this I am the, and this is the knowledge, when that slight abide awareness still remains, but the mind effortlessly abides in Brahma, that is, that state is called Savikalpaka Samadhi. <coughs> Then somebody said, oh, this vikalpa, the duality still remains. That means that the duality is not yet gone away. What's the use of that knowledge where the duality still remains? That still there is an awareness that I am the knower and that this is Brahma is known. When that awareness of duality is there, then still that means the non-dual, uh, you not yet known the non-dual or what? And so that is being explained in the next passage. Tada Mrunmaya Gajadibhane Pi Mridbhanavata Dvaita Bhane Pi Advaitam Vastubhasate Tada meaning in that state which is known as Sarikalpaka Samadhi. The illustration is given now. Mrunmaya gajadi bhanebi. Imagine that a pot maker has made an elephant. Mrunmaya gaja. Gaja means an elephant. So let us say that there is in front of us an elephant made of clay. A clay elephant is there. Mrunmaya gajadi bhanebi. Mrudbhanavata. Just as when you see this clay elephant, then you see the elephant, the form of the elephant also, and you also see the clay. So this is how it is. So we see the wooden structure here also. So I see the wooden beams, so the columns. So I appreciate the column also as well as I appreciate wood. I appreciate the table also as well as I appreciate the wood. So my appreciation of table, uh, my appreciation of wood, when it is accompanied with also the appreciation of table, then there are apparently two things that I appreciate. I appreciate wood also and table also. And similarly also when I am aware of my mind and I am aware of the Brahman or awareness which is the content of the mind. So let us say that you are aware of your thought. The thought which reveals the self is Brahman. I am aware of the thought also as well as I am aware of the content of the thought which is awareness or the consciousness. Then there is as though two kinds of awareness. So awareness has these two aspects. Just as when I am aware of the table at the same time, I am aware also of the wood. If I am not aware of the wood, then of course I do not know. If I merely see the elephant but do not know that it is a clay elephant, then I appreciate it only as elephant. And that's the normal thing. That's generally speaking, our perception is only superficial that we only perceive what we call the names and forms. And when we appreciate asti bhadi priyam rupam nama chetyam shapanchakam Adhyatrayam Brahmarupam Jagadrupam Tatodvayam Now the next text that we are going to do is called Dhrugdrasya Viveka which deals with this very very beautifully. But just to give a brief idea of how we describe which we have discussed very often that in every object there are five Amsha Panchakam there are five aspects or five Amsha Nama and the Rupa every object has a name and a form like table is a name and there is a corresponding form and asti, bhati and priyam. Asti is, bhati shines, priyam is dear. 
or is attractive or is useful, everything has these five aspects, asti, bhati, priyam, nama and rupa. Adhyatrayam brahma rupam, the first three asti, bhati, priyam are brahma, jagad rupam, tato dvayam, the name and form aspect is what we call jagat or creation or a projection. So the content of every name and form is asti, bhati, priyam. And name and form is what we call the creation or projection. That's called jagat or the world. <coughs> so wherever you look, whether you look in the five elements, the space, the air, the fire, water and the earth, you look at the elements, which is the elemental world, what we call the inert world. Or you look at the conscious beings, such as the human beings, animals, plants, even, even the denizens of the heavens, in all the living beings that we call the sentient beings, in the sentient as well as in the insentient creations, the Sat, Chit and Ananda, Asti, Bhati and Priyam is something that is universal. And the Rupa and the Nama, the name and form is what is a distinguishing aspect. So what distinguishes one from the other is the name and form. Just as what distinguishes one ornament from another ornament, is the name and form in the gold is the common universal aspect and so also in the whole universe in every name and form that Sat, Chit and Ananda or Asti, Bhati, Priyam is the universal and the name and form is what change varies. <coughs> so what should one do? One should appreciate the fact that this name and form is a projection is the mitya, the real essence of the content of every name and form is just asti, bhati and prim. That's all that counts. Just as an ornament, what counts is just the gold and its form and the shape, etc. are all projected upon the gold. And so also, what counts in anything is the asti, bhati and prim and not the name and form. All of raga dveshas, all of them are centered upon name and form. Nobody can have raga or dvesha for asti, bhati, prim. Raga Dvesha are only for the name and form. That's all that counts for us at the moment. Our world is merely confined to name and form. The superficial costume that the Asti Bhadi Priyam wears. Asti Bhadi Priyam or Satchit Ananda presents itself in the form of these names and forms, wearing different costumes. But then, since our Vyavahara, our dealing, and our perception is merely confined to this name and form, Therefore, there is this duality, multiplicity, raga, dvesha, attachments, aversions. All of these are only because of dealing at the level of just name and form. Upeksha, when we appreciate that the name and form is immaterial, it doesn't matter in what package the candy chocolate comes. It doesn't matter in what form the gold comes. What comes is gold and that is important. Similarly also, the name and form is not important at all. My own name and form is not important. When that is most important, therefore every other name and form is important. What is my name and form? That ego. The ego, the sense of individuality, as long as I hold on to it, so long my vyavahara, the dealing is going to be only at the level of that ego. And I will look upon others also as nothing but egos. If I look upon myself as a name and form, or as an individual, that's how I will look upon everybody else, and that's how I look upon God also, only as, as an exalted ego. Inflated. I multiply myself by some numbers. <clears throat> but when we appreciate that name and form does not matter, it is a vehicle which is required for the manifestation of asti, bhati and priyam. And that's all. Vehicle is not important. What is important is what is manifest through the vehicle. This is the spiritual sadhana. That's all. all the spiritual sadhana or the spiritual practices are only to shift our attention. That's all. Shift the focus of attention from the name and form to the content. That's all that is. And shift it here in my own self. That I am not the personality, I am the person. And as clearly as I appreciate that fact about myself, so clearly I will be able to appreciate that fact about others also. 
about every name and form. If we settle account with one name and form, namely the self, then we shall be able to settle account with everything else. So when these names and forms are overlooked, knowing that they are immaterial, that's what is called mithya or that is what is called unreal. And when I am devoted to or committed to or focused upon the content which is Satchit Ananda, Asti Bhati Priyam, then that is called Samadhi. That's all. When the name and form does not distract me and the focus of my attention remains on Asti Bhati Priyam, regardless of what the name and form is, know that you are in Samadhi. <coughs> Except that the name and form distracts me. Because I have my own views of how names and forms should be. I have what we call the attachment and aversion that I like a given form and I don't like another one. So I like a form or a name which is in conformity to my own notions and I dislike that which is contrary to that. Since I have a notion about myself, therefore I have a notion about how things should be and therefore I always demand so all of these as they go away, then when, I, when the name and form does not distract me from the content, then that is called Samadhi. So what is Savikalpaka Samadhi? When the name and form also is appreciated and the content Asti Bhati Priyam also is appreciated with reference to world, then it's called Outer Samadhi. So you are moving the world all right and you are dealing with the world, but in that dealing your attending, the dealing with the external worlds of names and forms does not distract you from your focus of the asti bhadi priyam, then you are in samadhi as far as the external samadhi is called. And when you are with yourself, the various thoughts which arise in your mind, they do not distract you also from your focus that I am the sakshi. So thoughts arise, in the mind different thoughts arise. That's the nature of mind to think. And sometimes the thoughts may not always be the most exalted also. So, kamaha, sankalpaha, vichikitsa, shraddha, shraddha. A desire may arise. Uh, a memory may arise. Different thoughts may arise. But when I appreciate that, the content of every thought is what? What is a thought is nothing but the awareness upon which a given name and form is superimposed. Just as an external object is nothing but the existence upon which you impose name and form, and so also the thought is nothing but the awareness upon which that name and form is imposed. That's called a thought. An object is an existence upon which you project a name and form, and a thought corresponds to an object, which is awareness upon which that name and form is imposed. But the content of every thought is asti bhati priyam. And who is the asti bhati priyam? I is the asti bhati priyam. The witness. So that I am the witness and I am the content of every thought. Regardless of what the thought is, the content I is the same. So when the shape of the thought does not distract me, meaning my focus upon the I, that is Asti Bhati Priyam, is not distracted on account of the varying thoughts, then there is an awareness of the thought also, as well as an awareness of the self also. This is what we call Savikalpaka Samadhi. <coughs> Suvarnamaya Kundaladivhane Suvarnabhanavat Mrudmaya Gajadivhane Mrudbhanavatcha Just as when you perceive a golden ornament, then you perceive the name of the form of the ornament as well as the gold. Or you perceive a clay, a, a clay elephant and along with the appreciation of the elephant there is also the appreciation of the clay. Why? Vacharam Brahmatratvat because in me there is a knowledge that what I call the clay, what I call the elephant is nothing but the clay. You must have heard the story of this man who was once walking along a narrow, narrow lane and there at a distance he saw a huge elephant standing there. This was walking in a garden, a narrow lane in the garden and he saw in little at a distance a huge elephant standing before him. And he was scared. He hesitated from proceeding further with a fear that the elephant may harm him. 
So he was wondering what to do. Then he saw that a man was standing beside the elephant. That elephant driver was standing there. And he invited this man. Don't worry, I am here. Come along. And so this man gathered courage and proceeded towards the elephant. And went close to the elephant. Then that driver says, don't worry. That See, touch the elephant. See, it doesn't hurt at all. doesn't harm. So this man gathered further courage. And he also touched that elephant. And what did he find? He found that this was a, this was a wooden elephant. It looked so real from a distance that he was scared looking at it. When he went there and really touched it. So there the eyes are not the pramana or means of knowledge, but the sense of touch became the proper means of knowledge to know what that object is. So to know a given thing, you must only apply a proper means of knowledge. So to know that as a wooden elephant, eyes were not the proper means of knowledge, but the sense of touch was the proper means of knowledge by which it was revealed that this is wood, and all the fear is gone. So now he sees the elephant, as well as he sees the wood. He sees that the elephant is something that is a projection. It's not a real elephant. Is the elephant not there? It is there in some way. But it is not there also. It is there because that form is there. It is not there because in reality it is not there. This is called Mithya. That is called the Mithya elephant. And thus, now when you appreciate the elephant, there is no fear at all. Because in your mind, this knowledge is clear. Vacharamhanam vikaranamadhyam vrittiketyeva satyam. That what we call vikara or the form is vacharamhanam is merely hanging on the speech, is merely name, and the content is only the wood. <coughs> so this is important. This is what we want to do with reference to my own self. That the ego also is a name and form. What's the content of the ego? That is asti, bhati, and priyam. <coughs> and therefore, the advaitam vastu, or vastu which is non-dual, vacharam manamatratvad, advaitam vastu bhasate. And therefore, even when the thought is there, I know that the thought is a projection, and the content of the thought is the self, the awareness, the witness. Then, when I, it is within my own self, which is, when I am dwelling upon this, at that time the thoughts are there, and in spite of the thought, I appreciate that I am the witness, who is the content of the thought, and who is real. Then, that is what we call vikalpa, because the awareness of the thought also is, and also the knowledge of the self also is, <coughs> when I am with myself. Or when I am with the world, Yadva sarvam khalvidam brahma aitadatma vidam sarvam ityadi balat or sarvam khalvidam brahma all this is indeed brahma or says chandogya aitadatma vidam sarvam that brahma is the self or essence of the whole universe ityadi balat on the strength of this statement of the shruti sarvam ahamiti all of this is I, because Brahmai I, all of this is I, the Girinadi Samudraatmakam Sarvam Jagatswabhinna Satchidananda Brahmatvena Anubhuya. When the wise man sees this fact that the whole universe consists of mountains and rivers and whatever, this whole universe consisting of all these names and forms is none other than Brahma, which is Asti, Bhati and Priyam, which is a self. So nothing is separate from myself. I am the essence or self of everything, Anubhuya. And when this appreciation is, then the world is there, the dealing of the world also is there, but still, just as now you are dealing with that elephant, but now the dealing has completely changed, you perceive the elephant, all right, but then you relate, the relationship has changed. So also you perceive the world and you deal with the world, but then it is altogether from different perspective. It's called Dagdha Padanyaya. Dagdha Padanyaya means a burnt cloth. Or better, a burnt newspaper. When you spread the newspaper on the floor and you set, set it to fire with a matchstick, the whole newspaper will burn. But still you can read it. It's interesting, you know. The paper is there, it's burnt. 
You pick it up, it is nothing but ash. You know? But as long as you don't disturb it, you can still read the headlines and things like that. All the cloth is spread on the ground, on the floor, and you set the cloth to fire, the cloth retains its form in whatever little pattern is there, even though it is burned. It is not a cloth, and still it is cloth, you see? The sense that it appears to be cloth, but not really cloth. Appears to be newspaper, but not really newspaper. Appears to be an elephant, not a real elephant, not really an elephant. This is called Badhita, Badha. Badha means the clothness is negated. The newspaperness is negated. The elephantness is negated. Everything is not negated. The content, the wood is appreciated. Elephantness is negated. And similarly also, the world is appreciated, but the duality is negated, meaning it is understood to be false. Prapancha bhanevi advaitam satchidananda lakshana vastu and so prapancha bhanevi, even when there is bhanam or there is awareness of this world, awareness of names and forms, at that time also there is awareness of the self. This will be called savikalpaka samadhi. So this kind of a samadhi obtains for a wise man even when he is dealing with the world. Whether he is dealing with his own thoughts or whether he is dealing with his world, either there is an awareness of the thoughts inside or there is an awareness of the world outside, but when those awarenesses, they do not distract him from the awareness of the self, then you would say that there is as though twofold awareness, awareness of the self as well as awareness of the thoughts or the names and forms, which are mitya nevertheless. So idea is that the satyam or the truth is not opposed to mitya. And therefore, the awareness of the truth is even when the awareness of the mitya or the names and forms is this kind of an awareness. Again, an abiding awareness, understand. Effortless abiding awareness is called Savikalpaka Samadhi. <coughs> Says Lord Krishna there, Vasudeva Sarvamidhi Samahatma Sudurlabha. So Lord Krishna says in the seventh chapter of Bhagavad Gita, this Mahatma or this great soul, this wise man, what is his vision? Vasudeva Sarvamiti. All of this is Vasudeva. Vasudeva is name of Lord Krishna. But then, the etymologically, the word Vasudeva means the universal truth. Because Vasu, Vasu means that which dwells. Vas means to dwell. Vasu means the one who dwells, or the one in whom everything dwells is called Vasu. And Devaha meaning that which is shining, self-effulgent. So Vasudevaha, that shining principle, the shine in which everything dwells, or the shining Lord who dwells in everything, is called Vasudevaha, the self of all, or the substratum of the creation. Vasudevaha Sarvamiti, a wise man appreciates while even perceiving the world, he also is aware of the truth that. The world is nothing but Vasudeva, nothing but God. <coughs> this is called Savikalpaka Samadhi. Mulakarobi Asminarse Granthandra Sammatim Darshadi. The author also quotes here a verse from a text called Upadesha Sahasri in support of this idea of Savikalpaka Samadhi. In support of the idea of the Savikalpaka Samadhi, meaning Samadhi in which there is an awareness of the thought as well as also the knowledge of the self. In support of that, a verse is quoted here from uh, the text called uh, Upadesha Sahasri. <coughs> Taduktam Drushiswarupam Gaganopamam Param Drushiswarupam Gaganopamam Param Sakradvibhatam Tvajamekamaksharam Sakradvibhatam tvajamekamaksharam alepakam sarvagatam yadadvayam alepakam sarvagatam yadadvayam tadevachaham satatam vimuktamom tadevachaham satatam vimuktamom iti <coughs> Taduktam, thus it has been said, 
దృశిస్వరూపం గగనోపమం పరం సకృద్విభాదం తూ అజం ఏకం అక్షరం అలేపకం సర్వగదం యదద్వయం తదేవచాహం తదేవచాహం దట్ అలోన్ ఈజ్ దట్ ఇండీడ్ ఐఎం సతతం ఐఎమ్ ఎవర్ దట్ దట్ ఇండీడ్ ఐఎమ్ ఇట్ ఆల్ ద టైమ్స్ దృశిస్వరూపం హూ ఎమ్ ఐ సో ఈ ద వైజ్ మెన్ సేస్ హూ ఎమ్ ఐ దృశిస్వరూపం దృశి దృష్టి తూపం దృష్టత్వం దృశి మీన్స్ దృష్టి సైట్ ఆర్ సీయింగ్ దృశిస్వరూపం వన్ హూ ఇస్ ఆఫ్ ద నేచర్ ఆఫ్ సీయింగ్ నాట్ ద సియర్ బట్ ద వెరీ సీయింగ్ సో వాట్ ఈ ద నేచర్ ఆఫ్ ద సియర్ ద సీయింగ్ ఈస్ ద నేచర్ ఆఫ్ ద సియర్ ద సియర్ మీన్స్ ద సెల్ఫ్ సెల్ఫ్ ఇన్ ద ట్రూ సెన్స్ ఇస్ నాట్ ఈవన్ సియర్ బికాస్ సియర్ ఆల్సో ఇస్ అ రోల్ యు నో therefore really speaking what's the nature of the self drushi swarupam seeing the awareness with which all the knowledge is illumined <coughs> sakshi swarupam ityartha drushi swarupam means sakshi swarupam the witness the illuminator the witness also you see every word has its own connotation when you say the self is seer then you imagine him seeing something when we say the self is witness then we imagine him witnessing something but no that's the closest word therefore the words only reveal the meaning through what we call lakshanavarti lakshanavarti means by implication it is not the meaning the direct or immediate meaning of the word which means brahma or the self is only by implication sakshi means witness but with not witness in the primary sense because when there is a witness then there is something that is witnessed again there is a duality here by the witness we mean the one who illumines everything one who is the uh, who is not who is self effulgent himself not illumined but the one who illumines everything <coughs> this is called sakshi means swaprakasha self-effulgent. When self-effulgent, you imagine something is shining, you know. So, every word has some kind of a connotation in our mind. So, whenever a word is uttered, the mind creates a picture. So, different words are used in order to release that mind from creating its concepts or pictures. So, drushiswarupam, sakshiswarupam. Who am I? I am drushi. I am of the very essence of the seeing. That because where the seeing takes place, that because of which the knowing takes place that for seeing knowing or the knowledge that's why it is called witness the illuminator that witness illuminator seeing awareness i am <coughs> and so you think that awareness is in one place i am the seer so i think seer is inside you know some place so it is gaganopamam Lord Krishna says nicely also in Bhagavad Gita, Upadrashtanamantacha bharta bhukta maheshwaraha paramatmedi chapyuktaha dehesmin purushah paraha. Drishiswarupam, I am the witness. How Lord Krishna in the 13th chapter describes the self, Upadrashta, the one who is a seer. Upa means in proximity. The self is the very seer, the, the in proximity or in the midst of everything. how there is lot of activities going on here there is a body and there are the sense organs and there is a mind and there is con- the prana and constant changes are going on lots of activities is, are going on so one who is in the midst of all and watching them all uninvolved witness the mind is constantly active the prana is active the sense organs are active everything is active imagine like a big ritual is going on a big yagna is going on flurry of activities going on at that time there is one person who sits without without getting involved and watches everything and similarly also atma the self is upadrashta the one who is in in and through or who is in the midst of as though all these activities but who is uninvolved and watching the activity of them all or atma is called upadrashta the closest seer 
because the sense organs are also drashta, the seer of the world, and the mind is the seer of even the sense organs, Atma is even the seer of the mind, the closest seer. Upadrashta. He sees everything. Does it mean that he gets affected by what's going on there? Anumanta. At least when somebody is watching ritual, if somebody makes a mistake, he gets excited, you know. So even though he does not perform the ritual, he doesn't participate in, in gets involved in the ritual normally, but if some error is going, mistake is committed, immediately inter, interferes. Anumanta, the self does not interfere in anything. The permitter. Whatever is going in the mind, whatever is going on anywhere, one who permits everything. One who seems to get identified as everything, and one who seems to permit everything. Meaning, that these changes that take place in the mind, etc., do not bring about even any modification of the vikara in the self. Bharta, the one who supports, the supporter of everything, because of whom all these activities or this creation is. Bhokta, the one who enjoys the witness of it all. Maheshwaraha, one who is the Lord of all. Paramatma, he is a limitless self. So in this body, this is what the self is. He is limitless, he is a witness, he is uninvolved, he is unperturbed, he is free from any modifications. So that is called Drushisvarugam, that is what I am. So this verse is, who am I? It's a verse of meditation. Tadeva chaham satadam vimuktam om. It says, Om. Om is Brahma. So that Brahma I am. Tadeva chaham aham om, meaning I am Brahma, which is drishis rupam, which is the nature of intelligence, or the nature of witness, or the nature of awareness. <coughs> but not confined in one place. Gaganopamam. It's not that the witness is inside or witness is confined to a certain place. Gaganopamam. Gaganam upama drishtanto istitat gaganopamam. That is comparable to space. <coughs> Gaganavat niralayapa swarupam. How the space is untainted. How the space is unattached. How the space is all accommodating. How the space is unopposed. Space is formless, all-pervasive, pure, shining, unattached. So space is a very beautiful, I mean, for meditation also, space provides a very beautiful uh, picture or a concept in order to meditate upon the self. Because space has many of those aspects, like it is formless, it is free, all-accommodative, shining, unattached, unpolluted, uncontaminated, whatever may go on in space. Sometimes, even though you are witnessing something, and even though you are not involved in something, still you are affected by what goes on there. You may like it, may not like it, something will happen to you. But a self is a witness, unaffected witness, gaganopamam, like the space. How in the space, everything goes on, and still space remains unpolluted, remains untainted, unaffected, pure, and so also Atma, the Self, who is a witness, is unpolluted, untainted, pure, <coughs> formless. Says again, Gita, Yatha sarvagadam sokshmyat akasham nopalipyade sarvatra vasyadodehe tathatmanopalipyade Lord Krishna says, just as a space, which is all pervasive, and still remains untainted, uncontaminated or unaffected by whatever there is in the space. And so also the self is everywhere, is in the body throughout and still remains unaffected, untainted or uncontaminated. Doesn't matter what thoughts occur. Sometimes horrible thoughts take place in the mind, ugly thoughts take place in the mind, dirty thoughts take place in the mind. Does the self get dirty? Not at all. It's like the space that accommodates all the dirt also, all the filth and all the stink also, and still doesn't get in any way affected. And so also, the self supports everything, witnesses everything, remains untainted or unaffected. Drashisvarupam gaganapamam param yadva gaganapamam 
Gaganavad Amurta Swarupam or we can say Gagana space means formless. Again it is Param. Param means what? Maya Titam, that which is beyond, that which is transcending everything. Maya Titam, Aksharat Paratav Paraha. Says Mundaka Upanishad, what is the nature of the self? Paraha, which transcends. Transcends all that is superior to even that which is superior. So that which is beyond the cause and effect, that which is beyond Maya is called Param. So Drushis Swarupam Gaganopamam Param. The nature of the self is being described here of the nature of witness, which is formless, untainted, unpolluted, uninvolved, and free from every limitation. That is, tadevacaham satvam vimuktaham, that is what I am. <coughs> okay, we continue tomorrow. Om Puranamadav Puranamidam Puranat Puranamudachyade Puranasya Puranamadaya Puranameva Vashishyade Om Shanti 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 Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Badarayanam Sutra Bhashya Krutavande Bhagavanta Punaf Punaha Ishvaro Gururatmedi Murti Bheda Vibhagine Vyoma Vadvyapta Dehaya Dakshina Murtaye Namaha Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Shri Gurubhyo Namaha Hari Om